this is Kevin from the Extra Mile Podcast. And this is Jeff Galloway, distance running expert and author of the Galloway Run-Walk-Run Training Method. Jeff, do you realize that you and I have been doing a series of podcasts now for almost two years? That's over 25 hours of tips and tricks all designed to get each and every listener from wherever they are gently across the finish line of a marathon with a smile on their face and injury-free. That's a lot of help, Kevin. And judging from the feedback, we've been rather successful. It has been, Jeff. But I think it's time we stop for a minute and ask for some help. Jeff, do you realize that, except for skin cancer, breast cancer is the most common cancer among women in the United States? Or in 2011, some 290,000 women are expected to be diagnosed with breast cancer in the United States? Wow. Sobering statistics, Kevin. And I think I know where you're headed with this. Jeff, what better way for listeners to show their support for our podcasting efforts than to help the two of us support the National Marathon to Finish Breast Cancer? Perfect idea, Kevin. The National Marathon to Finish Breast Cancer is the only marathon in the country dedicated solely to breast cancer research and care. 100% of the funds by runners and all donations benefit Bench Top Breast Cancer Research at Mayo Clinic and to help meet the critical needs of those in need with breast cancer through the Donna Foundation. Won't you please visit our website at www.theextramile262.com where you will find a pink ribbon on the right side of the page. Clicking on this will take you right to the Extra Mile podcast to finish breast cancer fundraising page. Please think about contributing whatever you can to this amazing cause and think very seriously about running the race with us next year too. Remember, 100% of your entry fee goes towards research and care as well. It's going to be a great weekend and an even greater reason to run. Thanks so much for your support, and you all enjoy that extra mile. Hello, you've reached the Running From Diabetes hotline. To enter a race, plus one. To enter your blood sugars, press two. To gripe about being a diabetic, press three. To listen to the podcast, press four. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms, and this is my audio journal of my life dealing with diabetes as I train for endurance sports. Happy New Year! So this is Running From Diabetes Podcast, and you're talking to... Listening to. You don't get to talk. I do. Uh... Listening to Kevin Kilograms, and it is 2012, a new year. I have to apologize. This podcast may sound a little funky. I have uh, <laughs> I have tried to record this thing four times, and uh, due to uh, various situations, uh, <laughs> none of them have actually recorded. I got the, did the, uh, 
couple of them because the mic was bad on my headset. And then uh, I recorded a really cool episode. Same information, but we were driving. I was driving with my wife to a water polo match, my daughter's water polo match. So that was kind of cool having Jessa involved. And of course, it didn't save. You know, Jesus. Well, needless to say, this is fifth attempt. Fourth or fifth, doesn't matter. Um, and it is the New Year's podcast. So, today I'm going to, uh, it is uh, Tuesday. We're already at the third. I started this thing on Saturday the day before. And it was New Year's Eve. And then Sunday and then Monday. So uh wanted to talk about, since it's the new year, my race schedule for 2012. Um, and any goals that I might uh, have in my in my repertoire. And my want, and my need, and my desire. Uh, let's see. First of all, the main race, which is going to be a kick down, and not to belittle the half marathon, but once you run a full, um, not to say halves are any less, they're a very, very hard race, especially if you race them. But this is just to finish. This is one of those races to finish. And um, I've done full and half marathons and ultra marathons. So I, I don't like sticking a half marathon as my, my peak race. Because I like the longer the better. That's something that I just really enjoy. I'm not fast. So 5Ks hold no interest to me. Um, takes me twice as long to run a 5k as it does <laughs> a lot of my running friends. You know, uh, 10 minute miles are where I run at, and you know, I have friends that can do 18 to 22 minute um, 5k's. But, uh, oh, see, I digress, honey. So, the goal race is the Orange County Half Marathon. It's uh, in May, beginning of May, and since I have January through April to train for it, I think I have enough time. The, uh, I haven't put pencil to paper yet on an exact regimented program, um, this one is just to finish, so it doesn't require uh, such a regimented program. Um, it does require you put the miles in. It does require that you put the days in. But other than the long run, a progressing long run, you don't need to do any speed work. You don't need to do tempo work, hill repeats, fartleks, whatever. Don't need to throw any of the uh, standardized training 
to get faster and run fast. Those are important, even if you're going to run a uh, a non-timed race, because you always, you know, what runner doesn't time his run? So you'll always want to time your event, and you'll want to improve upon it. But the downside to the uh, uh, speed work and um, tempos and stuff like that is they open you up to more injury and you really need to be a uh, experienced runner not just a knowledge experience your body has to be ready for it you've got to have a good set of base mile under base miles under you um, because it's hard work it takes that you know some people who've never run before you know fall into you know just slow running and find out that they really love it I mean, most people I've ever uh, run into Um, turning my blinky light and my fanny pack on since it's dark. It's almost 8 (laughs) o'clock. So the uh, the uh, when you start doing the hill repeats and stuff like that I don't want to say it evaporates it takes the fun out of it but it definitely makes it a a work out, a hard work. And so during is not nearly as pleasurable as just going along for the run. And then, uh, although when I'm at my peak, I remember doing um, some uh, some speed work and enjoying it after the fact. You know, boy, that felt feels good now that it's done, you know, that I, it's like, it's just like the sense of accomplishment. Honey, this is not, we have two types of walk, medium break here, because you're going to hear me correcting honey here, and you're going to hear, knowing that what's in store here, you're going to hear me do it a lot. Honey and I have two different types of, of walks. The first one it's just a walk. That's all it is. Nothing more. I give her a lot of leash. I let her explore. Depending if there's other dogs or whatnot. Um, you know, I, I am a little bit more controlling than, say, the rest of the family. And even on rare occasions, I'll take the leash off and let her go. If I see no danger of cyclists or her running in the street or something of that nature. Uh, other dogs. A lot of times she doesn't get along with other dogs. And then there's the training walk. She wears a different leash. She wears something called a gentle leader. Controls her nose. And I demand that she maintain a healed position right next to me. This may sound complex, but take it from me, dogs are smart enough. 
Honey's been doing it for years. So she's quite well aware of the two different programs we have here. But when a lot of times when we start, she forgets she's on one. She's on a training walk today, a run. And she starts exploring, which, you know, she turns and stops and sniffs a bush, which literally pulls me. And since the gentle leader goes around her nose, it pulls on her, you know. It's not comfortable for either of us. So I spend a good amount of time on occasion when she forgets doing some correcting, which usually is nonverbal. Gentle leader doesn't hurt her, but it gives her nose a tug, reminding her what direction, so you'll hear that. Okay, back to... So, the training is... I'm going to train for the Orange County Half Marathon in May. Uh, I'm not going to put any speed work into it. Hell, I'm lucky to put running into it. So that's why I'm not going to put speed work into it. I'm, the plan is to do a, a four-day-a-week uh, run-walk. I'm not even going to call on You know, if I'm walking, I'm walking. If I'm doing the run-walk-galloway thing, I'm just going to call it running from now on. Because... Since day one, and I completed my first race, my first half marathon, I have used the Galloway method. I've used it in all sorts of different intervals. Some as high as, I think, a 9 and one to as low as a 1 and one And listening out there, I know Galloway recommends to a lot of people 30, 30 second and 30 second. Or all sorts of different intervals. So... Um, mine will be three days of maintenance. Those will be walking, working towards incorporating more running. They'll be from three to four miles, which today is one of those. And so they'll be, they'll start off with the majority of it a walk. Today I have a plan of doing a mile walk, a mile run, and then a mile walk again. Um, and that'll be three days. And then the fourth workout is a progressing long run with back down days. You know, in the old days, we used to just run our hearts out. Uh, hell, I was a football player, so we hated running. But I remember the training for a couple of my friends who were cross-country. And it was just go out and run as hard as you can all the time. Um... Science has taken over and given us that rest is one of the most important parts of a training program. You have to stress the muscles. You have to break them down. You have to cause the body to want to rebuild, correct, and streamline. And it will only do that if you stress the heck out of them and then turn around and give it time to rebuild or the rest. Now, you don't have to sit, prop your feet up on the ottoman, you know, sit, on the, sit your butt on the couch and prop your feet up on the ottoman and watch TV to rest. There's all sorts of different types of resting. There's active recovery resting, which is actually cross-training. There's, um, if you're a, a faster runner, a lot of times a very slow run. Slow as in, 
indicative of whatever your fast pace is. Could be considered a rest if you're trying to recover from some hard pace. Uh, reducing mileage, which is one of my favorites. I call them back downs. And I typically do a rotating three to four week program. And I'll be doing a three week program starting at about, well, when I'm up to running, probably, let's call it eight. What I will do is I will progress. Uh, I'll increase my long runs. Uh, on average, it's a mile a mile a week, and uh, let's say we're into this program, and then I'll back down half of the previous week's miles. So I'll do this for three weeks, and then on the fourth week I'll back down. So if let's say we hit eight, well, in my returning program it'll be um, five, six. Seven each week, getting longer. Eight. Then the week after that will be four. Then the week after that will be nine. Week ten. Then it'll be five. Then it'll be eleven. Then it'll be twelve. Then it'll be six. Get the idea. If you're doing speed work, tempo work, typically on a back down week, you don't do anything there. So I had a, a one of my friends who does the podcast, The Run, Run, Live, is uh, Chris Russell. He describes it as easy, medium, hard. And you just rotate that area. First week is easy, next week is medium, next week is hard. Back to the next week is easy. Next week's medium, next week's hard, and so on, giving you the opportunity for rest. So, um, honey, stop. Pay attention to me. That's how I plan to get to the uh, Orange County Half Marathon. I did six, a co- six miles a couple weeks ago, two of them at a run. I'll be shifting more and more to running. And then um, then we've got, uh, uh, we'll build from, I don't think I'll start at six. I think this next Sunday, last Sunday was four. I think this coming Sunday will be five with two miles of running. Next week will be six with three miles of running. Next week will be seven, again with three miles of running, maybe even three and a half, and so on. And I should be able to get through the training plan with minimum amount of, excuse me, of uh, injury, problems, barring any getting sick all over again the other part of this the other thing I have on my as my goal is something my oldest son has invited me to the uh, he's a Navy corpsman you know served well he served quite a long time with the Marines now they have him uh, doing a nurse work at a 
psych ward in one of the uh, military hospitals here in California. The uh, he wants to do something called the Tough Mudder, and without doing a whole lot of uh, research yet, I do know that it's like a six or an eight mile endurance run with military style um, uh, obstacles placed throughout, and uh, which should require some more than running muscles. Ergo, the other part of my training program, three days a week, and those will be the off days, I'm doing the 100 push-up and the 200 sit-up program. The <laughs> the, the 100 push-up is kind of cool. Uh, last week, I, you know, you do a, a test. And is that a mile? You have to excuse me for a second. Okay, auto-pause. Yeah, looks like a, I'm going to set this up to do a little training here. Training options, alerts, distance, repeat at one minute intervals. So where here we go. Um, so the uh, hold on, honey. You do a test of your maximum amount of either push-ups or sit-ups, whatever program you're testing for, and you put this into the uh, system. He's got a program, it's free, online. Uh, there's an iPhone app for it. Uh, I think he's even written a book now. Which gives a hell of a lot more explanation into the program. The, uh, you put it in, and then over a nine-week period, three times a week, you do five sets of the exercise with different each set has a different amount uh, whatever his uh, his uh, his program is I can't tell you what the percentages are um, wouldn't begin to guess I just have followed it I got up pretty high on the push-ups. This was the first time for the crunches, and I tested and knocked out 80 crunches. I was really impressed, considering I carry a whole lot of abdomen fat. <laughs> that just tells you that you could have a pretty strong uh, abdomen area and still carry the fat, so those ab busters there. Not to say, they don't work your abs. It's to say you can't specify where you're going to lose the weight by the exercise you do. It's calories in, calories out. Okay, so that puts me on like level three. I think there are five levels. Level three, uh, which surprised the hell out of me. 
Then there's the uh, push-ups, and of course, I have a problem there. Last couple of weeks, we've been putting up decorative corbels on this mansion. Corbels are a piece of decoration that goes up permanently into an eave. And uh, we're either working from ladders or scaffolds, but we've been working with our hands above our head for eight straight hours for several weeks. To give you an idea, my brother and I can do about 40 to 50 of these a day. And this mansion had um, well over 400 of them. So, walk break. So we had a, my arms are suffering a lot of soreness and cramping that uh, I'm not tempted to start pushing on them really hard yet. I did do push-ups, but what I'm doing is a couple sets of 10 uh, every, you know, for three days. The same days I do the crunches, I doing the push-ups, but I'm not progressing until my elbow and shoulder feel any better. It's uh, some joint pain and muscle surrounding it. Probably like a tendonitis or something. Um, but I don't want to injure it anymore. I have to work. And those, those joints are very specific to a carpenter. So, the, um, but in the next couple of weeks, we'll start building on those as well. And then we're going to throw leg lifts in as well. And that'll work core and minor use upper body. I'm not going to head to the gym and start working every single upper body muscle. And then as we get closer to the race, um, I'll start exploring the the uh, obstacles if they tell us. If not, I'm just going to have to go back to my knowledge of the Derby Queen. Those of you who aren't Rangers might not know the Rangers infamous obstacle course called the Derby Queen. Killer. <laughs> Real killer. So we have uh, have that. Now, depending on how I progress to those, lack of injury, do I feel really well when I get to them, I'm going to add another race in October, which is the Long Beach Marathon. And if I'm feeling really well and I'm doing a good amount of running and not having the problems, I will increase it to a marathon program. Again, it will be just to finish um, for, that'll be exciting, doing a, the Long Beach Marathon again. If not, I'll back it down to the half marathon. Reasoning for that specific, those specific races is one, they're very local. I mean, 
Orange County Marathon, the actual marathon, mile 21 runs. It's like, what, I don't know, a couple hundred feet from my house. They run down this exact bike trail that I'm running on. And uh, mile 21 is the park just a few houses down from my house. And it's, it's pretty much where I, I go. Whoa. Little thing bolted right across our feet. See, uh, can't get any more local than that. Kill him. Almost did a turnaround. And then we've got Long Beach, which is, I don't know. 15 miles north of here that which leads to the how you doing next to race next race on the calendar which is the uh, Surf City Half Marathon or Full Marathon which is Huntington Beach which is the next city over and it's run literally how you doing at the beach um, just down the bike trail. At the end of this bike trail that I run down is where the Surf City race uh, pretty much starts and ends. So it's not too far. And they have something called the PCH Challenge. Oh, that's a time alert. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Come on. PCH Challenge is the... Uh, if you do those three races in order, they offer a special challenge medal, regardless if it's half or full. You just have to do them in order. And of course, Surf City would be cool for this year, except it takes place on whatever. I think it's a February 1st or 2nd. This leaves me less than 30 days to, to train for the half. Not going to happen. So I'll have to roll that into the first race of 2013. Ooh. So I've talked about my race plans. And the uh, training to get to them, which leaves the infamous update. Um, kind of an interesting week. I took a diabetic vacation. <laughs> yeah, there really is such a thing. Diabetic vacation, well, with chronic illnesses comes typically a, uh, a lot of depression. Um, I know people with cancers typically suffer bouts of depression, especially the more serious. You know, when I was diagnosed with cancer, they caught it real super early. It was really, by comparison, an easy, uh, an easy fix. You know, I had some colon 
colon resection. They went in and took a piece of my colon and they did some minor uh, chemo. Calling my by comparison, it was minor compared to other people, and it was very short lived. Um, it also had a beginning, a middle, and an end, which to me makes dealing with it very, very easy. Where diabetes had a beginning, couldn't tell you where the middle is because there is no end, and that makes this disease oops, walk break heal honey that makes this uh, disease a hell of a lot harder to deal with it has no rhyme or reason a lot of times I wake up every morning feeling like I have a flu I'll give you a kind of case in point normal person with normal blood sugar they were to check it typically ranges between 60 and 80. If they eat pumpkin pie, typically their blood sugar might go to a buck ten. Um, my goal when I'm sleeping is 120. When I'm awake, it's 100. And the reason it's not lower is it's hard enough for me to get with all the insulin and stuff, just to the 100 range. And if I push too far the other direction, I typically over-push and I go into something just as bad, which is a low blood sugar. And so, and the idea is that my norm is most people, my high is most people's, excuse me, my norm is most people's high. And when you have a high, think of eating a whole pumpkin pie and then starting on the ice cream and an apple pie. How bad do you feel? You know, it's that whole Thanksgiving. Oh, I ate too much. I don't feel so good. Oof. So I wake up like that every morning. Constantly pricking my finger. Monitoring my blood sugar. Taking, I don't know. I think I have eight or ten pills I take every day. Oop, heal. The, uh, some in the morning, some at night. The, uh, and even when I'm at my very best, doing everything exactly the way I'm supposed to be doing, exercising, eating right, counting calories, counting uh, carbs, doing it all exactly the way I'm supposed to be, shooting enough insulin, taking the medication, all that stuff, I still get highs. And when I see highs, my high is, uh, normal is a 280, um, really high for me, 350, but not uncommon for me to see five and six hundreds. Most people end up in the hospital at 600 as do I um, so gives you oh, here we go, another run uh, when I'm being bad I expect to feel like hell 
when I'm being good, I don't expect to feel like hell, but I do. Not all the time. Usually, you do. You, if you're really good, your budget treats you the same way. They treat really. They respond really well. But for whatever reason, and I'm not a doctor, they don't. So, and one of the issues I've been having is less and less they're responding well. And so, you always feel like you have this losing battle. You always feel like every cookie that you would take to eat, and I'm talking a little cookie that you might, your daughter makes a batch of Toll House cookies and gives you one to try because she works so hard at them. And you eat it, and it tastes good. <laughs> and son of a gun, you start to feel like shit again. You, uh, you feel guilty because you know that the, the cookie, like someone who smokes a cigarette and every cigarette they smoke, they talk so many minutes off their life. Cookie does the same thing. So now you feel guilty that you're robbing your family. You're hurting your family and hurting yourself over a cookie that your daughter baked. You know? I'm not talking about a whole pie. So you get... That is my distance. And so we walk... I, tonight, like I said, walk a mile, run a mile... Now we're on my, just hit mile two, so I'm going to walk it back in. I'm going to let the watch continue. I want to stop and shut it off. Well, all this gets depressing. And I get depressed. My wife calls them my bathrobe stages. And I don't want to do nothing. I get ornery. And I stay that way. I stayed that way for long periods of time. Uh... Typically, it's a couple weeks. But I've stayed that way a couple months, if not longer. I'm not the only one. There's lots of people with the same issues. And so, they created something called a diabetic vacation. Depending on your current treatment, your severity of the disease, uh, your doctor, uh, and your personal likes and dislikes... It means different things. Um, I can't stop taking insulin. You know, I would die. So, it doesn't change the amount of insulin. Luckily, I have this pump. So, I don't excuse me, have to stop shooting insulin. The, the pump helps me with that. I used to prick my fingers between 8 and 15 times a day. I have a the most recent addition to my my thing is this continuous glucose monitor which is another thing that's attached to my abdomen you know, down inside my abdomen but that eliminates me pricking my fingers as much you know, typically it's two to three times a day and what that means is, you know a couple of them are for recalibrating and every once in a while I need to check to make sure that the machine, you know, it's 
I feel like a low. The machine's not telling me I'm low. And so I'll check. My problem is, is that the machine numbers run a little bit behind the reality. Uh, maybe 10 minutes. And lows can be dangerous enough. So I've been given that benefit. Uh, hard part is my diet. We know that I'm in a plant-based, whole foods lifestyle with high exercise, and I'm trying to be as rigid as possible. But the um, the uh, the reality is that you know I'm human, and it's not perfect. And so the last week, I decided, why not? My my wife's a big baker. They do a big baking day of the kids and my wife and my mother and my sister-in-law and everybody. They, we, I, I go, she's at my house. And uh, I come downstairs and all my, I have espresso machine, I have a coffee machine, I have most Keurigs and <laughs> different. I'm a coffee drinker, if you're not. And then, of course, the toaster and the, the microwave and the the juicer and all that stuff that's normally on the counter is gone and we have three or four of the KitchenAid mixers, the big mixers we have you know, every conceivable flat surface has cookie sheets with cookies that need to go in the ovens or cookies that are cooling that come out of the ovens and cookie what do they call them, cooling racks I did really well all the way up until Christmas, so I, I figured I would take a little bit less of a strict view on the diet. I would allow some more processed foods, especially baked goods, which I would shoot the insulin, I would do my, continue with my exercise, I continue with my medication, I continue with everything except allowing for more processed foods into my diet, and with those, I would, uh, I would shoot the right amount of insulin, hoping to curtail it. It's basically not much different than, say, a year ago where I was when I really started getting sick. But I wasn't even accounting for the insulin. I wasn't exercising because I was getting sicker. Um, I gave it, you know, several strict rules. You know, I wasn't allowed to eat a tray of cookies. You know, it was tasting here. One here, one there. It bumped up my sugars quite a bit. It didn't bump them up so high that I wasn't able to do anything. As a matter of fact, I, I stayed on my, my active lifestyle. I stayed with my running and walking. I stayed with, you know, I told you I did the, the sit-up test, and I've been doing the sit-ups. Uh, as a matter of fact, I felt kind of enlightened, freer. And so I stayed with the, uh, I did a lot of honeydews. I wasn't at work this whole last week. My brother took off for a few days to take his family to San Simeon. It was planned. And uh, my wife had the, the week off. And so I said, you know, why not? You know, I had a good time. So I did uh, the, uh, what is it, the, uh, honeydews and we 
we went out and did stuff together and it was a really nice week but the damage as a matter of fact feeling that way I would have stayed with it knowing that my blood sugars were way too high men's and I had to come back couldn't stay there of course what ends up happening is you feel so good you stay there and then the reality kicks in a few weeks later and knocks you back in the hospital so I got religious with the diet again see honey made her stop but she knows we're on the walk back the uh Not too bad. So that's an update. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I felt like an 8. I achieved my active lifestyle goals. I achieved uh, an 8. And the diet, more like a 4. But a planned 4. So that's my uh, my update for the for this week. One quick side note side note <laughs> that's going on right now for christmas my my brother in law is a ultra marathoner he just loves to run he's done Iron Man and all sorts of centuries and double centuries. He doesn't like the triathlon as much as you know he thought he would he got into it and got real dedicated to it for a long time and then came to me and he says, you know, I just don't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I tried it and I tried to stay with it real hard. He probably still rides his bike, but I never hear about it. I do know he's running because I like to support his races. Um, go out, anything that I can get to locally. Uh, his last one was the JFK 50 out in Maryland. So I am, um, obviously that was too far for me to go. But anything local, I'll, I'll be there with signs and my cowbells. Uh, he knows I'm a runner. I've never heard him talk negatively. His marathon time is like half my marathon time. You know, he's a Boston qualifier. <laughs> for me to qualify, my best is five hours. For me to qualify for Boston, I think it's a 3.30. I've got what, two and a half hours to drop. Okay, an hour and a half. Cool. That's actually a lot. But, <laughs> so, he gives me uh, running gear because he knows that's what I like. And, you know, guys, they're difficult to buy for adult men as we pretty much get what we want. And what we don't have is too expensive. And unless you've got a hobby, and you know, you know, like if someone's a train collector, how the hell do you know what to, what to get him? What do you know? How do you know he know you know what he knows, what he needs, unless you're also a train collector? Well, he's a runner, so he knows what I could use. And I got my he got me some uh, technical shirts, and he got me a pair of this these new socks. These technical socks are called Injinji. Now. I've known about these socks for years because most runners don't see these, but ultra runners have, you know, when you get some serious miles in a single race, 
blisters become a real, real, real problem. Even people who never experienced blisters get blisters. And the blisters aren't typically little bitty guys. They're big ass things that need to be treated. And you have to treat them and then continue to run. So anything you can do to alleviate or to mitigate the uh, blisters is... Well, these socks are... They're individually towed socks with technical fabric that are really thin between the toes. And they keep any part of one one part of your body rubbing against another part of your body. It's kind of cool. They're also kind of slippery. I feel my shoes kind of slipping under, so I'd have to tighten the shoes up. Weird feeling. That is for sure. But I give these two thumbs up. From an experienced runner standpoint, once you get used to the feel, I can see these things for long distances being a godsend. They really are pretty neat. In Jinji, I-N-J, I-N-J-I-N-J-I, in Jinji, yeah. So this is a, what's wrong with my phone? Oh, tell me it says recording. Yes, okay. This is Kevin Kilograms, and again, Happy New Year, May all your race dreams come true. May all your weight loss be melt off. Honey, stop chasing squirrels. <laughs> I'm trying to wish everybody a happy new year. Stop it, dog. As you tell, do you want to wish everybody a happy new year? Come on. Now's your time. I'm giving you a time. Okay, see that? She's kind of radio shy right now. Microphone shy. Again, this is Kevin Gilgrams, and I'm out. What is your major malfunction, numbnuts?